how do you invest in a startup brewery? In today's episode, our special guest, Alan Beal, shares his journey from the food and beverage industry to how we all can invest in craft beer, honoring the armed forces and first responders. So stay tuned to hear Alan's inspiring journey of what fires him up about his life and business. And to hear more inspiring podcasts, check out the Lima Charlie Network at limacharlienetwork.com. We are a group of thought leaders and podcasters with the goals of improving ourselves, inspiring and educating others, and bringing valuable conversation to both military and civilian audiences. We look forward to delivering you valuable information, loud and clear. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Joe Bogdan from the Llama Leadership Team and co-host of the Llama Lounge Podcast. And I wanted to share with you this amazing opportunity to become a published author and become a fire starter. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Well, it did to me. And joining the Firestarters Book Project was an amazingly easy and fun way to get my feet wet in the published author space. Shay and Christine made it so easy to navigate through the publishing realm and gave me the blessed opportunity to share my story with the world, and they would love to do the same for you. They are seeking aspiring authors like you to collaborate with them, and the best part is that they are going to do all of the hard work for you. All you have to do is commit to the process. You have nothing to lose and so much to gain. So join the team by visiting firestartersbookproject.com and tell them Joe sent you. It will change your life for the better, I promise. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and your business by transforming trauma into treasure. Check out my new co-author collaborative book called Hashtag Firestarters, How to Be a Spark of Hope in the Midst of Change on my website at shaysparks.com. And while you're there, feel free to connect with me on all the social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And today, uh, our guest is the incredible Alan Beal. Welcome to the show, Alan. (laughs) Thanks so much, Shay. (laughs) That was that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice to call you incredible, or I all I said was welcome. So welcome for me. Thank you for being here. <laughs> incredible beer guy. Ah, you go. Got you. Incredible <laughs> beer guy. Yes. And for our listeners, Alan and I just met. Was it LinkedIn? Yeah, that we got LinkedIn. connected. Yeah, yep. it was LinkedIn, and we met just a few week. Well, probably a month or so ago. And here we found out we had been neighbors and in the same playing in the same air arena for in the same neighborhoods for years and didn't even know each other. Yep. So I love this. Yeah, we got to relive some of our uh, younger days in that conversation. Uh, some of the great places we used to to haunt and frequent. Yeah, <laughs> in Kansas of, City, in the Kansas City area. Yes, so yeah, I, I love that. So again, it's always. I feel like every person I get to sit down with, they immediately we become best friends. So I'm so glad that you're here and we can dive in to who you to who you are and what amazing things that you're doing. So for those of you who don't know, Alan Beal serves as the chief executive officer of Armed Forces Brewing Company. 
Alan is a 35-year veteran of the food and beverage industry and has a passion for craft beer and the military. He has led and operated grown profitable multi-unit independent food and beverages groups in the Denver, Kansas City, and Charlotte markets. He comes from a four-branch military family that have served all in the Navy and Marines, Army, and Air Force. And you can find out more about what he does at armedforcesbrewingco.com and make sure that you are 21. <laughs> yeah, I made that yes. mistake and uh, I got blocked. So I was like, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> So, Alan, I, I am so excited to, to share your story. So first off, I always like to start with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? I'll tell you what, there's nothing more important than your teammates, the people in your company. There's Your work culture means a lot to people, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ways that we invest back into our, our, our people that work for us here at Armed Forces Brewing Company is, is in a lot of different ways. We want to make sure that they have a great living wage, number one. We're a startup, so we're growing and getting ready to get those benefits packages together for our employees. I think reinvesting in their education as well. We're in the beer industry and, and down the road here, once we, once we get our own brewery, brewing facility, we might want to send some of our employees to Cicerone certificate, get Cicerone certifications, which is like the wine, gosh, wait, sommelier licensing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, there's a ton of ways you can reinvest into your people. We're a veteran owned and military specific themed company who plans on being about 70% veteran employed. So, there's going to be a lot of reinvestment into the veterans that we hire because we we plan on employing disabled veterans as well. What a beautiful story that you're you're creating, right? Because it's a startup, you're still in the midst of really expanding and creating on on the impact that you're going to have with this particular uh, company. So tell us, kind of take us back a little bit to your story of of you started out with the food and beverage company and then you decided, hey, why not start brewing my own craft beer? I kind of know a little bit of the story, but go ahead and take us back and share that story with us. It's funny. It comes from such a huge military family with a huge military background. I didn't, growing up in the 80s, it was kind of peacetime during that time. And I went directly out of high school, tried college for a year at the University of Nebraska and just was lured to the food and beverage industry, mm-hmm. especially the people in the industry and, and serving people. So I immediately kind of went into that industry and cross-trained in all the different job descriptions in that industry and worked for some large restaurant groups that had multiple locations and had a lot of great mentors mm-hmm. from not only on the management side to, to to the ownership side and the financial side as well. And I was like, I, I love this industry so much. I want to branch out and, and I have ideas for all, all sorts of different food and beverage concepts. I think I'll go out on my own. Wow. That was, that was after decades of making a lot of money for a lot of other people mm-hmm. as well. And uh, started my own consulting company and started 
designing and developing concepts and, and doing everything from soup to nuts, loading the construction side, the marketing side, and uh, just kind of blossomed from there. I was in Washington, D.C. doing a bar rescue, if you will, at a, at a, at a, a very old bar mm-hmm. uh, in D.C. And I ran into a couple of my partners who I didn't know at the time. And uh, they said, hey, we, we have this great idea for a, a craft beer company, brewery. We like the military and, and it's a na- it, it's for Annapolis, Maryland, mm-hmm. where the Naval Academy is. Well, right. I knew where Annapolis was. I had never been there before, and I definitely knew about the Naval Academy. So I went, I said, okay, let me take a look at it. And they wanted to hire me to come in and consult and develop a concept for them. And I pulled into Annapolis and I saw the Naval Academy for the first time and heard, saw the lightning and heard the thunder and, and went, wow, this is really great. Watching the Army Navy game all my life as a kid, especially. And, and always rooting for Navy because my my uh, grandfather was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an uncle that taught at West Point. I had three cousins that went to West Point. Wow. Too. So you can imagine the back and forth in December every year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, the switch went off and I started developing what we call Seawolf Brewery, which is our brand that tributes the sea services side of, of the military, the, mm-hmm. the Navy and Coast Guard. And that's what we led with. And then I was developing the concept in the beers and pushed it out on social media to do some do some due diligence and research, marketing research. And we got like a denial of service attack. Oh, <laughs> this, wow. Where's the beer? I want it now. When can I drink it? I, I want it right now. Wow. And then Army, Marines, and, and Coast Guard, and, and um, Air Force people start coming and saying, where's our beers? Sure. <laughs> so we had to pivot and morph it into Armed Forces Brewing Company. Mm. So that's where we're at. Well, I love how your story, a lot of times armed forces or military or veteran-owned businesses, they start off themselves in the military. And your story doesn't necessarily end up that way. It's more like mine, where it's a family member was in the the, um, military. So when you said you didn't, you finished college and you went into food and beverage because you found your people, I think there's something to be said about that. Finding your tribe, finding the people that you fit in with and food and beverage people along with the, the, the cosmetology arena that I had used to play it in is all very creative, right? They're kind of like the non nine to fivers. So they're not people that are going to get up and go to work every like on a regular basis, nine to five. So I love that you really was able to tap into that at an early age and really figure that out. I left the food and beverage industry for about four years during the dot-com phase. I went and worked for a technology company. Mm-hmm. I was raising a, a daughter at that time as a single dad. And uh, the nightlife, the food and beverage wasn't really where I needed to be at that moment. Mm-hmm. I needed that kind of a daytime thing so I could be at home at night with my uh, daughter. So I left went to work for a technology company in Charlotte that was an Oracle reseller, the Oracle database software reseller and a whole bunch of other software products that they had 
and a consulting arm. All the all the dot coms were buying Oracle database software for their servers to get their websites started and their online platforms and all that good kind of stuff. Their e-commerce sites. Mm-hmm. So I went to work for them. We were Oracle partner in the, in the Southeast, one of the top five managed Oracle partners in the country. I got a, I just, I can't, I had to go back to food and beverage though. <laughs> I just, and I excelled at, at, at this technology company. You know, that's one of their top sellers, account executives, but I had to get back into the food and beverage industry. I just, I loved it. It was like in my DNA and uh, that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think there's something to be said about finding things that's, that is just in alignment with who you are. And like I, we just said about their tribe, or it could be the, the schedule, it could be anything. If that's if an alignment with who you are and what you do, then you have to, you know, listen to that. Otherwise you won't be fulfilled. You'll, you'll be miserable. I, the other caveat to that is I, I grew up in Nebraska and, and it's the Midwest has a, a big military. It's a big military area community yeah. there. And my dad was in the Air Force and I grew up part of the time on the Missouri Air National Guard base in St. Joe, Missouri, mm-hmm. and just learned grew up and learned a huge respect for our military members as yeah. a youngster with the uncles and the grandfather and the cousins all in the military as well. So you put the food and beverage and you put the military together and boom, you had this, this, this uh, big concept uh, company that we put together. I love it. I love it. And so (laughs) were you dabbling in mixing your own beer, say in your garage before you did this or got started in this? Well, I I'm never was the home brewer. My two partners that 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 approached me about this love craft beer. They okay. they would like travel. They would fly to another part of the country just to go to the openings of all these craft breweries that were popping up all over the place. Now we got over seven thousand of them in wow. the country. So I never homebrew. I loved beer. You know, we're from the Midwest. Jay, we <laughs> right, love beer right. There. <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, do you remember Colorado back in the day? Coors was like craft yeah, beer back right. then. And you couldn't get it where you and I lived. We would have to drive and then illegally bring it, bring back, it back in our car. So I, I started hanging around brewers, people that homebrewed or actual breweries uh, mm-hmm. to go and see exactly, analyze the industry is what I did. And then we had where I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I was consulting, we had some breweries start to pop up all over the place. And I ended up working with one of them. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my real big first taste of, of brewing on site with a, with a craft beer company. Mm. I love that because you weren't just going in blindly or kind of like tipping your toe, dipping your toe into the market to really see, is this something I want to do? And yeah, there's something to craft. My brother actually used to have his belong to a beer brewing club of all home brewers. And there's something that they all had in common. And it was like wine drinkers with wine, right? They like smell (laughs) it and they can tell all the the notes that's underneath it. And so they do the same. And so I love that you really kind of concocted your own brew. And so are like a good 
host that I am, even though I don't drink, I will ask the question. I don't drink anymore. Is there multiple flavors? Is there just a one? Is there a light beer? All of those different things that you guys have created. Well, I'll tell you what, we, our chief brewing officer is a guy named Bob Ruprecht and he's the one, he's won the Maryland governor's cup for brewing excellence. Wow. So he's a legacy brewer in the state of Maryland. And that was one of the first things I did was go and recruit a brewmaster and talk about a home brewing system. Bob's got like <laughs> the man, the, the man cave home brewing system with, I mean, it's the Mac daddy. It's got all the bells and whistles. And I, I was just like walking in going, oh my God, this is like a mini business in here. And uh, he just makes really great beer and has been around for 25 plus years doing mm. it. The recipes, and I've tasted a lot of his different flavored beers from his lagers all the way to his dark beers, his, mm-hmm. his coffee porter, his stout. And, and it's incredible beer and we're really prideful about our product. That's what's really allowing us the success is on the boot of, of Bob's brewing ability and the great beers that he's making. We are getting into a lot of different flavors and have a whole different portfolio of styles planned. But we led with just some basic beers, craft beers, some lagers and IPA and all that kind of stuff. You're going to see a lot more different flavors coming out from us in 2022 and beyond, especially when we get our own brewing facility, floodgates open with all sorts of different styles. Oh, that's exciting. Good for you. Winded answer, but (laughs) no, I love that. And then that's so exciting that you're expanding already and um, you're still on the new side. Right. And so tell us about the opportunity to also invest in the company. Well, we were a group of, non-veterans needing to bring in some veterans into the company. And uh, I decided to go and stock, <laughs> stock uh-huh. a pretty famous guy, a pretty okay. famous veteran. And that would be Rob O'Neill, who, the former Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden from SEAL mm. Team 6. And I just kind of connected with him on Twitter. And I said, hey, you got to try our beer. And Hey, you got to come into the company, come in and and be an owner along with the partnership. So he finally, after a year and a half courting him on social media, (laughs) he finally started liking some of the tweets and, and, and goes, okay, send me, send me some beer. Let me taste this beer. And of course we led with a beer that was a tribute to Navy SEAL. So I sent him the beer and he tried the beer and he goes, this beer is awesome. He said, I'm in. So we got him in, and uh, when we launched this out, we really courted the VC community. We needed funding because we thought this was just going to be huge. And I mean, look where we are now; it's getting there. But we got we got a lot of years of no's from the venture capital uh, community, and I ran into an attorney uh, named Kendall Almarico who does what they call, he's the master behind, he's a securities attorney, he's the master behind what they call Regulation A public stock offerings. Mm-hmm. It's a program that uh, was launched by the SEC back in 2012 to help small companies like mine who can't find venture capital funding for their, for their, for their projects, for their companies. And it worked anyway because we applied to the SEC, went through the audit process and got qualified and launched on July 4th. 
America's birthday, mm-hmm. which she thought was great. Uh, and that by then we have this advisory board full of veterans and an owner with Rob O'Neill. And um, the country, non-accredited investors can come and invest in the company. And how great is that to mm-hmm. be able to get just everyday Americans, especially veterans, to invest in your company, raise capital to go buy a brewing facility. And these people are these your your fellow shareholders, these people are are also your brand ambassador. Mm. So they're your marketing arm as well. And they're all excited to be a part of the company. And every week I do an update video for them to update them on the progress of the company and where we're going. And it's not just, hey, give me your money and see ya. When you get a return, it's we're hands-on with them. We include them in just about everything we do. That's awesome. I, yeah. I love this concept because I had never heard about it before until I met you. And I was like, this is so amazing. I, I think most people who do a startup or start a business are always looking at the venture capitalists and our investors are the only way. And so yeah. I love that you have really added this key component to it because like you said, you can have other stakeholders in the game, people from all walks of life being able to come together to collaborate and be able to really um, share in your growth. And I also want to touch on a couple of key components that you said that really just hit the nail on the head with leadership and your thought process and your journey of is how you partnered and collaborated with key people. And I love that because I think a lot of times (laughs) people will start a business and they don't know where to turn. And so when you said you courted this guy on uh, social media for a year and a half, it just makes me think about how you might send an email to someone like cold calling them, like trying to introduce yourself and you get frustrated in the first non-response, right? But you spent a year and a half really trying to cultivate, really watering those seeds every single time. And then you built this relationship, this connection with him. And now look at now look at it. It's a completely different company because you were able to bring him in as well. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you're going to get a lot of no's, a mm-hmm. lot of no's. And you have to learn to accept that you're going to get a lot of no's. Yeah. And you have to not give up. Yeah. Never give up on your dream, on your mission, on your objective, never give up. That person who you want in like Rob O'Neill is probably getting a hundred other messages or or 200 or 300. Or if not, he will now, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So patience is a virtue on that, but never give up. Don't accept the no's. Well, and you also had mentioned about believing in your product because you kind of put it out as a test market as well. And I think there's something to be said too. You're you're going a step further than just starting a business and here's a product and yada, yada, yada. But you're like, no, 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 no. This product is amazing. And we believe in it. And now we've tested it and other people believe in it. And so we know that this is um, what the marketplace wants, which I think, again, is huge for entrepreneurship. A lot of times they'll just go, oh, this is a great idea. Here it is. Let's push it out. And then don't understand why anybody, no one buys it. Yeah. Yeah. We started locally here. And I I mean, I loved it just because I loved it doesn't mean that everybody else is going to love it too. Right. But 
I think we hit it off really well with the packaging, with the vision, with the military type mm-hmm. visuals yeah. on the packaging. But I, we got into our first Navy exchange store, which is very difficult to do. And it took mm-hmm. me, it took me a drop off of a six pack and a phone call to get in there, which was really, really quick. But they loved the branding so much because it was so Navy centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got in there and I was doing tastings. Not everybody loves IPAs. They don't like that, that hoppy stuff. Right. Bob brewed an IPA, made a recipe to where it's not so in your face hoppy. And so when we went into Navy exchange stores and did taste testing, the, hey, we're tasting this IPA today. And the first thing that was said by some people, especially what's the word I want to use? People that were used to drinking, you know, Bud Light and Coors Light and stuff like that was, yeah. I don't try those IPAs. I don't like them. I don't like the hoppiness. Well, try this and see what you think. Okay, fine. And that conversion rate was like four out of five on our mm. data. Ooh, this is really good. It's not so hoppy. And then we get a, a conversion off the shelf as well. So that that's kind of how we started to figure out, wow, our product really is good and people really do like it. So that so, helps. I love that. And I will say that because again, I was around it in the brewing, the, the home brewing association that my brother was in. I will tell you that the reason a lot of people don't like uh, that the home brews or the IPAs is because their palate is not as sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. So I love that you really showed that you can have uh, an IPA or a different kind of beer rather than just what you normally have. So yeah, yeah, great. We, we, we get our snubs from those people with the palate. As well, oh, I know they're IPA because the market's saturated with exactly. them. But that's exactly. what people are buying, you know. So, yeah, they're they're the beer snobs, as my brother used to call it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, instead yeah. of wine snobs, it's beer snobs. Yep. Yeah, awesome. That's them. <laughs> awesome. So, tell us, what do you want as this grows? What do you want the legacy to be for the company, number one, and then what do you want the legacy to be for you as as Alan Beal? That we made great beer, that we make great beer, and that we give back to our veterans, first responders, and their families. Those are the two things that we really want our legacy to be and that we're known for. We got a new beer launching this week called Preamble We the People, and we've aligned ourselves with the John Daly Major Ed Heart of the Lion Foundation, which does, Mm. you know, incredible work for kids and yeah. and veterans and first responders and their families. And we're donating a percentage of the profits to the John Daly Major Ed Heart of Line Foundation, as well as we've jumped in. And I mean, we're a growing company. We can't give thousands and thousands of dollars, but we try to give what we can, whether it was going down to the, they call it the Free, Fleet Reserve Club in Annapolis and just buying a hundred veterans lunch, mm-hmm. Veterans Day, anything we can do to jump in given back. That's awesome. They, they deserve it. Our veterans deserve it. Absolutely. And I know we've talked about this before, but just the military and veteran community is both is near and dear to both of our hearts. So yeah. I love to see when other people are, are doing something as well. So personally, what would be your legacy? What would you want to be remembered for? Wow. As the the CEO who really listen to the people around him 
Mm. Like I said, every week I do a video for our shareholders. When we do an event, I'm out there with our shareholders, talking to them, listening to their ideas. Who knows what some of your best ideas are going to come from people in your in your company or your shareholders of your company. So I'd like to be known for that. I think that would be the greatest legacy instead of just a guy who put a company together and then you didn't hear or see from or hear or see him anymore. Well, I have to say, I, from what I know about you already, Alan, you, you are living that uh, right now. So, And I talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you also listen to, and then I think that is huge. And as a, especially a head of a company is to really listen. And that's how you can Absolutely. invest. That's how you invest in your people is by listening. So you do that as well. So you're living it right now. Yeah. We're having a blast. The whole team's <laughs> having a blast right now doing Good. this. So. As we wrap up, I know that there are people chomping at the bit that are like, oh my gosh, I can't even, I I have to one, buy this beer and have to taste it. But two, Mm -hmm. they want to be um, part of the investment team. So how do they get in touch with you? How do they get in touch with the, you know, what's your website? Are you on social media? How do they order the beer? So we're at www.armedforcesbrewingco.com. Um, We are distributed in Maryland, Virginia, Rhode Island. We're going into Texas here soon uh, and into 197 HEB stores, which is the big supermarket chain there. We're going into two counties in Florida, and then we'll scale to the whole state. Pennsylvania, we're we're expanding. But we also found, which is very rare, Shay, we found an online ordering. It's a wine store in Virginia Beach who actually has licensing where you can order beer and wine online and have it shipped to about 41 states across the country. Awesome. It's, it's expensive as heck because, you know, all the rising shipping costs and stuff like that. But it was a way for people all over the country to be able to at least try our beer yeah. before they invest. Yeah. So that's on our website at, at Buy Beer. And then you can invest in the company at www.ownarmedforcesbrewingco.com. And the 10 bucks a share with a $200 minimum buy-in. And we're over 3,000 investors right now. Oh, that's awesome. And and congratulations. And what has been your return on investment this far? Well, we haven't, we're a growing company. We haven't gotten there yet. You know, we're a true startup. Mm-hmm. The returns come down the road as we grow and get our own brewing facility and scale out production and, and distribution and become profitable. We had export partners in Samskip and Global Craft Trading come to us pre-COVID asking to ship our beer into their distribution systems to Europe and Asia. I mean, we have this huge national and global demand for it. So that's where we're at is raising capital, going to buy a brewery and then scale it out. Mm, Well, I'm... So the the returns when we get profitable, you know, hopefully we'll be there. There's always risk in investing in any company, but it's all on our website when they go through the investment process. So... Well, and I love that you just have one, first of all, I have this option, I think is so phenomenal that you went through the the SEC and got it so you can offer this. But I love that you are a growing company and that you are, you have a big vision and you've already been, you're not going out and looking to expand and they're coming to you. So that yeah. tells you you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we really knew we were 
onto something really, really big. It's when the distributors were saying, hey, we want to carry your beer or hey, we like your packaging. And here we are in Maryland and they're getting a hold of us from California. Right. Or some active duty military personnel's in Okinawa going, hey, we want your beer in Okinawa right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So good stuff. I, I love this. Love it. Love the story. Well, Alan, our our time is come to an end, but before you go, I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? I am living by, I will not fail. (laughs) That's in the seal ethos. (laughs) I didn't serve or anything like that, but we led with our tribute to Navy SEALs with a special hops IPA and and Mm -hmm. that hashtag it or that little clip from the seal ethos is on there. I will not fail. (laughs) Mm. So there you go. That's what I'm living by. Well, I love Find a way to do it. (laughs) I love it. To me, it goes back to how you court somebody for a year and a half to just have a conversation with them, not even asking him yet. You hadn't even asked him. You just needed to have the conversation. So when you have determination and consistency and the courage to continue, you will not fail. So Yep. Awesome. Awesome words to live by. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today. Thanks for having me on, Shay. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you listen to this and you took some notes, because I'm sure you did, Alan dropped some major knowledge nuggets. Uh, please share this episode with a friend and let us know how we're doing over on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, let's get fired up. Hey everyone, this is Trip Odenheimer, host of the Shadows Podcast. Each and every one of us has a shadow. We understand that our shadows are products of our upbringing and obstacles we face. So tune in to hear our guests discuss every week how they turn their trials and tribulations into triumphs and success stories. They embrace their shadows. And that's exactly what we do here at the Shadows. We face them head on. We have a diverse group of guests ranging from athletes, military members, actors, actresses, authors, and entrepreneurs, and just regular everyday people. Head over to theshadowspodcast.com for all new episodes. Episodes drop every Thursday. Maybe saying to yourself, I don't have a story, but you're wrong. Everybody's got a story to tell at the Shadows Podcast, proud member of the Lima Charlie Network.